Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure, and welcome to Hallis Intrigue, the Chicago Bears podcast. Jason, coming up on the show, we will talk about Justin Fields and what he had to say in his first Hallis Hall interview in a couple of months. We'll talk about who was in OTAs and who wasn't and why that matters. All that next coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Jason, as you and I sit here at Hallis Hall, uh, we uh, just finished talking to Justin Fields. Uh, The last time he spoke here was, uh, what, locker clean-out day, right, when he was still recovering from the a uh, hideous injury that kept him out of the tanking game at the very end. Uh, Fields didn't want to get caught up too much in what's at stake for him this season, but he did admit this, that you know he said, I'm not worried about contracts, I'm worried about wins. Uh, it occurred to me that wins will help his contract uh, situation because the Bears can extend him for the first time at the end of this upcoming season. Yeah, Patrick, and I think a common theme of the questions to Justin Fields today and probably going forward for a while is going to be about the upgraded personnel around him. And he's not going to give you much on that. No. Because that would mean he needs to throw under the bus and trash all these guys that he played with the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah, he'll seem to sit there and be like, Byron Pringle, come on. Yeah, right. Yeah. But it's one of these things where you have to kind of read between the lines and you have to pay attention to what he highlights on his own where he's not asked. And I think he sees what everyone else sees, which is that all the pieces appear to be in place as of now, not for the Bears to win a Super Bowl, but for him to be a productive quarterback. There are going to be no more excuses about the players around him. Yes, and you know whether you talk about DJ Moore at receiver, uh, you know Chase Claypool, who uh, feels kind of out of left field, uh, decided to praise Chase Claypool in terms of what what did he say? It was a curious comment. It was that kind of his mindset and his work ethic was better than it had been, something like that. Um, you know, Robert Tunyon at tight end, and even the Bears using their first pick on uh, right tackle, Darnell Wright. All of those things are going to help them get an honest evaluation of fields. And if it's not good, you know, uh, Chicago will have a wonderful debate on their hands for months, uh, which will be, you know, do you keep them and spend an ungodly sum on a contract <laughs> extension, or do you use the two first-round picks you have next year and parlay them into – a quarterback in a quarterback class that is supposed to be a lot better than the one that they just passed on. That decision will probably make itself, really. Yeah. I mean, if they're picking number one again, Mm -hmm. then you probably have your answer. Right. But if they have, you know, picks six and eight, you know, can they turn that into a number one? You know, maybe they can. I think the things that are going to be most interesting to watch will be are always at OTAs and mini camps and everything this time of year is how does fields look? How do the rookies look? And who's here or not here for whatever reasons? Mm -hmm. With Fields, we're going to need to see a little more, obviously. Um, With the rookies, like, you know, their top rookies are line of scrimmage guys. So I don't know how much we're really going to be able to Mm -hmm. discern from that during these practices. But as far as who's here and not here, there's a lot going on there. In right. that department. There are a lot of big names not on the field today for various reasons. Yeah, and two of them are because of injury. One is Eddie Jackson, who's still recovering from that list Frank injury. The other is Darnell Mooney, who uh, – it's an ankle, correct? Um, and yes. He, and he 
you know, it's been a long rehab from him. You know, with both guys, I think we knew within a week of them getting hurt that it was a pretty ugly injury and it was going to take a while. But suffice it to say, they didn't uh, get ready in time for OTAs. Matt Eberflus said, you know, there's nothing bad going on there. They're all on the right path. And, you know, uh, you know I, I don't know whether that's true or not, but uh, they're not ready yet. Uh, the two names, though, that jumped out at me in terms of, you know, not attending voluntary minicamp um, were Jalen Johnson, the cornerback, and Nate Davis, their new right guard, who they spent $30 million on mm-hmm. over three years. Uh, Matt Eberflus was clear today that Jalen's hand injury that sent him to IR at the end of the season was not what was keeping him out. He's not out for injury. And this is where, if you just read a transcript of what Matt Eberflus said about this, just read the words on the page, mm-hmm. it's not that interesting. But I think when you're around him a lot, you can kind of read his tone a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when he says, for example, Patrick, about whether Jalen Johnson is going to be at mandatory minicamp, Ask him yeah. when you see him. Yeah. Uh, Matt Eberflus probably hasn't seen him, it doesn't sound like. No, there's, a lot of, there's a lot going on with his tone there that suggests that he's not happy with this absence. And why does this matter? This matters because his contract is up at the end of this season. It matters because he's one of their best young players. And, you know, we thought going into the offseason that the Bears would focus on a lot of their third-year players in terms of getting a deal done, whether that was Cole Komet, Jalen Johnson, uh, Darnell Mooney or maybe even Chase Claypool. Uh, Ryan Poles was clear to us that Chase Claypool's got to put together a better season for them to extend him. Mooney, I believe they're waiting to see him recover fully before engaging in that contract. You know, I wouldn't surprise me. I would probably bet on Komet and Johnson getting new deals. But the reason it's notable why he's not here is because there's still no new deal. The other thing is this. Remember, you know, when the Bears had a voluntary minicamp last year that they got by virtue of hiring a new head coach, kind of the first get-to-know-you experience that Eberflus had with this team, do you know who wasn't there? Jalen Johnson. So this isn't, um, this isn't completely out of left field, and, and, and this isn't necessarily uh, a surprise. Maybe surprise the wrong word, but it's, you know, within his character, I guess, in the last two years. That said, and I can hear the – Football, or, you know, the NFLPA screaming, uh, it's voluntary. It's voluntary. It, you you can't punish them for not going to something that's voluntary. Yeah, but it's not vo- it's not really voluntary in the true sense of the word. It's kind of technically voluntary. Right. But standard practices, players come to this. Right. With very few exceptions. Yeah. So much so, Pat, that it's notable when a guy's there or not there. And this is not sounding the alarm on Jalen Johnson. No. It's May. There's so much time. Like, this is not red alert in this situation. But it's the it's an early sign that there's something to keep an eye on here. Mm-hmm. And if I was to ask you, this is, again, like reading tone and reading what you've been around for the last, couple, the last year plus with the new regime, Pat. If I asked you or someone else asked you, hey, have things gone smoothly between Jalen Johnson and the new people in charge with the Bears? No, I mean, and part of it was, I mean, there was a time last, uh, was it mandatory minicamp when Jalen was running with the second team? You know, there was, uh, after he didn't practice, uh, Eberflus went out of his way to be like, hey man, I didn't get a chance to see him, so now I'm excited to see him. Uh, For whatever reason, it hasn't always been um, peaceful, at least publicly. 
It hasn't been horrible. Like nobody's no. been calling each other names or anything. But, no, and I'm being, but it hasn't no. run smoothly. Well, and I'm trying to be careful using my words here because I don't want to make it into a bigger deal than it is. <clears throat> but you're right. It, you know, it has not been a. Um, it's not been as lovey-dovey as you'd think it would be, given that at least I consider Jalen to be one of the five best players on their team and one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and a young player who would be a key to their future at a premium position. You're looking at their line at their cornerbacks, excuse me, right now with him and Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson. That looks really good. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Poles said that mm-hmm. what a few weeks ago. That mm-hmm. looks really good. We'd like to keep that together. But Ryan Poles is going to have his price point for that. There is a lot of context here with Jalen Johnson that factors into this being at least a little bit of a concern right now. And one is like we talked about, it has not always been smooth sailing between him Mm -hmm. and the people running the Bears right now. Two, this is the natural time for there to be some kind of contract dispute. Mm -hmm. And if I was Jalen Johnson, I would not want to get on the practice field without a deal. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I don't know 100% that that's what he's thinking right now, right. but I know it's what I'd be thinking. Right. And Pat, we just went through this last year with one of their very, very good young players, yep. where Roquan Smith is missing time, and you have to, you have to ask yourself, what did we miss the signs of this coming for a while? Sure. Although Roquan Smith showed up for this, he was here for this. Roquan Smith was here for this at optional practices as a show of good faith, I think, that mm-hmm. then in his mind was not returned. Ultimately, it leads to a very, very good young talent leaving the building, which is not what you want when you're rebuilding. No, no, absolutely not. And you also, I mean, I hate to use the word distraction because that is code, you know, when coaches use that word, it's code for stop asking me questions I don't want to answer. But they don't need this distraction as it is. I well, mean, it's problematic. Yeah, of course it is. You need your guys on the field. And, Pat, another thing, man, like this year counts. Mm-hmm. This year is not, well, we'll see what happens. It's a teardown year. Sure. Like you, this would be um, Roquan Smith, for example, missing 15 practices and two preseason games. If that was something like that was to happen this year with one of the guys that's up for a contract extension, yeah. it's a much bigger problem. Yeah, 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 it would be. Uh, like you said, there's a, there's a lot of time between now and, and when it's really time to start worrying. But this is not a good first step. I mean, you know, the Bears just had their second of 12 OTA practices. Then they'll have mandatory minicamp. And at mandatory minicamp, if you don't show up, you get fined. Just ask Robert Quinn. So, uh, you know, in mid-June, we'll have a much better sense of just how serious everybody is about all this. Jalen Johnson, to me, from the time Ryan Pulse took the job, I thought that has to be one of his key pieces. On a, t- on a roster that doesn't have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. How, how many times did you say that about Roquan Smith last year? Yeah. yeah, I thought it was too, and that's not a win for them that they traded Roquan Smith for a second-round pick. For the right to draft a defensive lineman. Yeah. That they <laughs> hope will be somehow, someday, as good as Roquan, as good at his job as Roquan right. Smith is at his. That's not a win. Ryan Poles would tell you that's not a no. success. That's not a, the outcome that they would have preferred was for right. Roquan Smith leaving. Right. That's where they were left because they couldn't agree on a deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they get $60 million worth of uh, – uh, worth of salary flexibility uh, out of the deal. But, you know, if you look at what they spent this offseason, they could have kept Roquan and made every single move they made this offseason and uh, would have had a much better team for it. In fact, you know, they paid Tremaine Edmonds, who we talked to today as well. You know, they paid him as though he were Roquan for the most part, and uh, even though he did not have the production that, that Roquan Smith had. Well, their two big, splashy acquisitions looked really good today. It's only day one, mm-hmm. but Tremaine Edmonds looked really good DJ right. Moore looked really good. Yeah, Edmonds had a, a pick six at the end of practice, and boy, uh, 
he is really big in person. Yes. You know, he is unusually tall and lengthy for his uh, position, which is middle linebacker, not, you know, Sam or Will. Um, but, man, you know, when you see that in person in pads, whew. And, and then D.J. Moore caught a, a deep ball down the right hash um, from Justin Fields, caught a couple of passes, looked really good. Uh, both Fields and, and D.J. were clear that it's going to take a while uh, for this thing to, to be completely smooth. But, man, I mean, to be talking about somebody who's been a number one receiver somewhere that wasn't the Canadian League uh, is different uh, than what we're used to around here. And, you know, if Justin can, uh, you know, develop a chemistry with him, that would be a big deal because, you know what, he's got, for the first time as a pro, he's got his same coaches returning. He's got his same coordinator. He's got his same head coach. Um, he's got the same offensive system. And, you know, we spent a lot of time in his rookie year talking about, well, he has no chemistry with his receivers because Matt Nagy didn't play him during training camp. And, and that was true. But, but now, you know, this is something he can cross off his list, you know, early and, and, and you know, hopefully be set by the time training camp rolls around. He's not making excuses, let's be clear. He has never pointed to Matt Nagy or the right. decisions Ryan Pace made or anything like that, or even last year, I, I have no wide receivers. Right. Uh, he's not saying that, but if you're trying to make a case for him as the franchise quarterback, mm -hmm. you have to make those excuses for him. Mm -hmm. I don't see any excuses to be made. Going forward, no. On this roster. No. And no. maybe this offensive line isn't – doesn't turn out to be the best in the NFL or something, but it's sufficient. That is a quality on paper. You can see those are the, you have a first round draft pick on one side. On one side, you have a uh, full time starting left tackle from last year on the other side. You have veteran proven guys in the middle. You have the receivers that you like. Mm -hmm. I, there are some question marks after DJ Moore. Like, is Chase Claypool going to be anything? Is Darnell is Mooney going to be healthy enough to be anything? And if you remember, of course, Darnell Mooney was trying to prove something himself mm -hmm. before that injury. Go, going into last season, Darnell Mooney had still something to show as far as can he lead an offense. Now, he won't have to lead an offense with mm -hmm. DJ Moore here, but I'm sure he aspires to be more than just a number three receiver. Well, all those pieces seem to be in place. Cole Komet, again, another example at tight end, like mm -hmm. not an all-pro, mm -hmm. but good enough. There yep. is enough here that you would not be able to say it's a cloudy evaluation of Justin Fields anymore. Yeah, and I want to be clear about this. We're not saying this is a Super Bowl team. We're not saying this is a playoff team. I mean, this is probably, at least the way I look at it, an 8-9 and nine football team. But you have enough professional-level players surrounding your quarterback for the first time in three years that you should be able to figure out what you've got. And that's going to be the big question. And that's why Justin's health is going to be so important going forward, too, is, you know, you know, if the Bears get three games of him and then a torn ACL or, you know, eight games of him and then a really bad hamstring or something, then they're not going to have the answer they're looking for at the end of the offseason. And at the end of the offseason, they can pay him a boatload of money or they can move on. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, you know, the third way would be to, to just let him play out his fourth, fourth year, you know, you know, maybe you pick up that fifth-year option, maybe you don't. But by the time you do that, then having those two draft picks doesn't matter anymore because if you use them on a, you know, a receiver and a, and a, and a guard, uh, then you know, you're looking at having to evaluate Justin without the safety net of that extra first-round pick uh, in 2025. So uh, it's a huge season for him. And, and, and I, I asked Justin, you know, it's kind of, hey, you know, can you appreciate what a big year this is? He said, like, like what? And I said, well, and he said, there go, this is a big year for me. Um, 
and he, he didn't want to get into it. And, and then, you know, he, he finally did say, you know, I, you know, I don't care about the contract. I care about wins. And um, that's true. But, you know, I, I think he sure as hell cares about his ability to stick in this league as a starting quarterback because the last guy who was here didn't. And, you know, the last guy who was here made headlines this week because he got a new contract uh, so the Steelers could lower his cap number as a backup. Like, you know, this is what we're talking about when things don't go right. Well, and this is the year. This is it, really, for him. Yep. I mean, if one way or another, if he is not it this year, whether they're drafting somebody or trying to find a stopgap, somebody that can maybe, quote-unquote, come in and compete with Justin for the starting job, now you're really in a different territory. Now you're getting into those chapters of how it ended mm -hmm. with Mitch Trubisky. When you, talk, when you mentioned you're trying to look at this roster and say, well, it looks like, you know, it's not a Super Bowl team. It's not a playoff team, even necessarily maybe an eight and nine type team. As you try to assess that, I think this is the first time going into a season where you can sit here and say, that depends on Justin Fields. Well, it's, Just, it's going to depend on him. Like he'll be the deciding factor. That was not the case the last two years because it, it might not have mattered how good he was that, the last two that years. That also wasn't the case in the, in the division the last two years because of Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, and maybe for the last 30 years because of Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. All of a sudden, you know, the door is open for everybody. I mean, shoot, the Lions are, fa are favored to win it. I mean, the Lions. Um, so, yes, they will only go as far as Justin Fields takes them. But the fact that the, you know, their immediate rivals aren't as intimidating as they used to be, at least as we sit here in May, certainly helps them too. It's open. And at quarterback, I think you have two teams in the Lions and Vikings that don't realize they need a quarterback. <laughs> and you have two teams in the Bears and Packers that don't know whether the guy they have is the quarterback. Right. And so whoever is proven right out of those four at that position is probably going to be the team that wins it. Sure. And, and that said, with all that uncertainty, you wouldn't bet on this being a playoff team right now, would you? I wouldn't. But my bet overall it would on their season would be on Justin Fields mm -hmm. in a way that that was just not the case the last couple of years. Right. It, the it, last couple of years, there were so many other factors that would be in his way. Right. And it wouldn't matter how well he played. In fact, he played very, very well at times last year, and they kept losing. Mm -hmm. That I don't think will happen this year. If he plays well, I don't see them losing. I think, I think we need to define plays well. I think if he throws well, I don't see them losing. You know, you know, a lot of what he did last year that was really good was with his legs and was not the result of a brilliant offense. It was the result of wonderful athletic individual yeah. skill. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's a big year for him whether he wants to admit that – whether he wants to admit it It is us. the big year for him. Yeah, in I mean, May. he's going to be solidified as the franchise quarterback or out. Yep. That seems pretty clear to me. Yeah, clear to me too. I call that a big year. A lot of money at stake, hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. So uh, maybe it's better off uh, for him to live every day not thinking about that because it, it might uh, absolutely paralyze me with fear. Um, but we will have plenty of time to talk about that and other stuff uh, as we go on. Jason, uh, OTAs continue the next couple of weeks. We will be back up here next week and the week after. Uh, then they've got three days of mandatory minicamp, and then we all break for summer. Uh, training camp is closer uh, than we think, and that's a scary thought indeed. Uh, anyway, uh, you can follow Mark Potash, Jason Leisure, and I on Twitter. Check us out on the SunTimes website or in print, and please like, rate, and review the podcast. He is Jason. I'm Pat. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.